0: Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey.
1: Brand podcast, where we told the untold stories of world changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. And today we're going to hear about how we use new technology to build stronger relationships between brand and consumer. Joining us is a good buddy, Matt Wurst, who's the CMO, co founder at Mint, which is a white label technology solution for brands, agencies, publishers, and platforms to get started with digital tokens, NFTs, Web 3.0 engagement models. Mint provides a single C- Single seamless ecosystem for brands to mint and distribute, sell digital tokens that engage consumers in meaningful customer experiences. Yesterday, Matt and I talked about how we can use new technology to build strong relationships between brand and consumer. And today I want to talk about the Mars campaign, how they're using Web 3.0 and how Matt and his company are helping them. And we're also going to get in everything Web 3.0. So let's get into it. I got Matt Wurst back again from Mint, co-founder, CMO of Mint. Let's get into it, man. Hey, thanks for having me
2: back. I showered, I slept, I feel rested. Uh, <laughs> had a good breakfast. Yeah, and we're ready to we're ready to jump back in, right? You yeah, want to talk yeah, about some pet food? We could do that. You want to talk about yeah. other brands? I'm ready.
1: All right, so I want to get into the the main topic, which is uh, we talked about Budweiser last time. How you're leveraging MTS with Bud Light, and I think Gary Vee and others. But I want, to talk about, I want to talk about Mars and their pet food division. And, and I think the time is going to be perfect because I think it's launching right when this thing's going to air. So tell us a little bit about what do you guys have going
2: on with Mars. Yeah, so it's been in the works for really for a while. And it's exciting because in this case, we're working with Shiba, the cat food brand, which people don't always think of as like, hey, you know what we need to do with Shiba? We need to make NFTs. Like that's not the first thing that jumps off your you know, jumps out of your mind if you're a strategist or a creative or... Cat people love NFTs. What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, the cat enthusiast community, I would never in any way undermine or speak ill of because they are passionate, they are enthusiastic, and I'm going to stop there with adjectives because I can keep (laughs) going. But they are also really interested and supportive of the brands that they purchase and, and they're loyal right? So if you have a cat, and we know cats can live for a very long time, they have many lives even. But the Shiba cat food brand, as a part of Mars, is a long staple of, of the cat community. But I think if you go back over some time, and if you, if you Google this, you'll see that different types of brands in this space, whether they are producing waste that might end up in the ocean, or you haven't always been as environmentally sustainable going back decades. Yoshiba know, was one of the first where they made a commitment to give back to the environment. So, knowing that oceans get filled with garbage and coral reefs are really at a breaking point, they identified this as an opportunity to jump in and save their coral reef ecosystem. So, they're launching a coral reef restoration program to preserve and restore the health of oceans, and they're doing this tokenized program for, whether it's enthusiastic cat lovers, whether it's for people who buy their product, or people who really are just at the intersection of giving back to and protecting the integrity of the Earth, this is a tokenized, collectible platform where the more that people engage, and this will be a progressive project over time, the deeper that this relationship between brand and consumer will go. Cats love fish, but it's important to provide the ecosystem, literally the food chain, giving cats quality food that they want. So that's where this relevance really fits in. And tokens are just another way to give the consumer, the fan, something that is of value that connects everybody.
1: So from a strategy standpoint, you go, okay, this brand's audience is cares about the environment. This is an advantage because other cat food brands are polluting the environment. What a great way through NFTs to engage our loyal audience and why we're different from our competition through these collectible NFTs. And I mean, to me, as a former PR person too, it, it sounds like there's probably some earned media opportunities with a campaign like this, which is a, a market and, do you think there's still earned media value in doing these kind of programs or do you think that was early on in the NFT process? I don't know why I'm going down that that rabbit hole, but I do. no, there's
2: there's absolutely earned media that comes along with quality engagement and brand building. Right? So if Shiba is as a as a brand that is committed to regenerating reefs, this is a way that they can show that they are committed to it. It's a way that they can engage Either existing consumers or potential consumers, and showing that this is an area of opportunity for everyone. So I think there, you know, you go back and look at some of the early brands that got involved in what I called yesterday NFT 1.0. But we saw some projects that really just partnered with artists to establish the credibility of their place in the art community. Great. They're supporting the arts. I love that. But there are some others that were really digging a bit deeper to provide value to the consumer and over time, that's where brands like Shiba and within the Mars portfolio or Anheuser-Busch brands, you know, that's where we all need to focus and not only represent the brand with awesome collectibles that people want, but reimagine that value exchange with the consumer, right? Experienced collectors, We'll know that this is a part of something. And in this case, it's giving back to the environment and helping the ecosystem get stronger. But fans, collectors, consumers, et cetera, are going to want to see more utility. And that's a term we use in the Web3 space before they join in and before they participate in what they feel like is becoming an oversaturated market. And it's oversaturated because they're not getting something of value. We all get tons of email from brands that we opted in for or shop at or in some way chose to participate with at some point in our lives and when that feels oversaturated it's not like we're unsubscribing because we you know we're overwhelmed we are unsubscribing because it's not valuable yeah so I
1: that's
2: love the ultimate me, challenge for us
1: I, I love you said utility I, I couldn't agree more is is finding where web 3.0 or nfts fits in as a utility what do you think the biggest hurdle is for brands or agencies to get started with nfts as one example in 3.0 and then I want to move on to the 3.0 shit
2: yeah, it's, I think that education starts with understanding what the blockchain can actually do, what it means, how it's not burning down the rainforests anymore in terms of energy inefficiency. We are building on incredibly energy efficient platforms that require less energy expenditure than a tweet, than a Google search. So we're reshifting understanding of just kind of what this means. So anyone who's worried about the environment, unless you're buying and Harvesting Bitcoin, all of the use cases of the non fungible tokens, like put that out of your mind. The other is that this is a scam and that in some way brands are trying to take advantage of their consumer. And there have been and were some early cases, not brands, but like individual creators who were anonymous and didn't really understand how the technology worked on one side, and new consumers who were enthusiastic and jumping in and not really doing their research. And there were some scams. But if you are Marriott Hotel or McDonald's or Hermes, you're not going to scam your consumer because that's bad for business. So that type of education is important. And then filtering out the distraction. For most brands, jumping into metaverse, augmented reality ecosystems is a cool, nice to have, but it's like step five on the path to Web3. And some of them aren't even on the blockchain. So knowing that starting with seeding tokens with a specific subset of your consumer or target audience is like the first and maybe second step. That type of focus will lead to better strategy and better execution.
1: Okay, so we're we've now graduated from our baby diapers and and we've done some NFTs and now we're moving on to the next. One thing that I think about from from a metaverse standpoint is like a lot of times people High metaverse to like the goggles and you're like totally transporting yourself. And I mean, I just think about the cost. And maybe for, getting
2: motion sickness. If you're yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And I just think about the cost from the headset and all this stuff. And like, I, I think, look, I think we're going to be there. But what's after we get out of diapers and we, we start to get into elementary school, what could we think about as utility in Web
2: 3.0? So here's a framework that I'm going to share with you that I haven't really proliferated yet. But there's kind of three tiers that I would imagine we graduate to. We are currently coming out of the affinity phase where collectibles are driving interest. And again, there might be some brands and some strategies and some creators and entrepreneurs who will find success by staying in the collectible and affinity fandom mode. But where we're moving next is loyalty. We've talked about this. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. But loyalty programs exist But we know that more than half of U.S. consumers say the current loyalty programs make them feel connected to the brand. So if we can improve on that with better technology, that's a win. But it's not just now about getting like increased share of voice or developing engagement. It's actually providing that real value. It's access to exclusive content. It's participating in virtual and real life experiences. This is all possible now. But there's a positive feedback loop that access and rewards will create over time that the more you engage, the more loyal you become. But as you move up and expand this beyond one or two brands, our wallets, which is a digital identity holder, will provide us access to that third layer, which is identity. We now know who you are, maybe not exactly by name and address, but if you hold... Starbucks tokens and McDonald's tokens and Delta Airlines tokens, we're beginning to get a really clear understanding of who you are as a consumer and as an advocate and where and how you participate in virtual and in real life experiences. Because the blockchain makes that data, ownership of assets and validating access of that ownership, really, really powerful. So now combine that with data we have, first party data, third party data from Web2, Cookies going away. Like we're beginning to graduate now beyond affinity and loyalty into identity. And man, imagine the retargeting capabilities and the community, like airdropping cool brand collab partnership experiences. Like if you have the Starbucks and Delta NFTs, now you can get it to a Live Nation concert. Yeah. And, you know what? Maybe that concert's not for you. So you can gift or sell some of your tokens on secondary markets to. The fan of that concert. Like it becomes totally interoperable, but the data around how we understand what you want, where you've been and where you're going just got massively better. Okay. So, what's when do we go to
1: college? Like, what's we're, <laughs> I don't know, I guess I'm staying with this analogy. I don't know why I'm sticking with it, but okay, we're going to go to high school or college. What's the next step?
2: Well, I mean, the goal would be for brand marketers to apply the same strategic and creative principles that we've built on to have a share of wallet. Like share of wallet is the key. That's like the holy grail. Right now, we want share of voice or if you're Coke or Pepsi, you want like share of mouth. I've, I've heard those terms before working with those brands. But the share of wallet in the token space As you identify where those consumers and fans fall on the audience segmentation pyramid, right? Whether you're a fan, whether you're a loyal advocate, whether you're an owner, like being an owner of a brand asset goes beyond influence. Like that's crazy. So getting feedback and participating in community building is to me the sort of graduate school level version of this. There are already what we call DAOs, they are Decentralized Autonomous Ownership Models. They start normally now with new and emerging brands who don't have existing infrastructure or highly challenging legal departments or even publicly traded shares on stock exchanges. But new creators are building brands where they are tokenizing ownership. They're almost like crowdfunding in a way, but also ownership. And voting and governance and feedback and you get data and understanding around the interests and you know the there's not only an emotional connection, but there's a financial buy-in.
1: The new Yeti is a brand that's actually owned by the people kind of deal.
2: Yeah, and we've seen some examples of where this is working, and we've seen some examples of where it's kind of fallen short. So clearly we are in early stages of this. I'm not saying that everything should be a Dow yet, but with the right steering. And the right strategy and the right product, right? You still got to have something people want. That's going to be really interesting. And then I can only imagine what the lifetime value of, forget about customer. We're talking owner, ownership, lifetime value in access and community and identity building. That's, I don't know, I'm both terrified that we're going to be yeah. you know, living in a world where Everyone and anyone can make rules. Well, it's, it's like
1: the city of Wisconsin where they own part of the Packer kind of deal, except it's digitized.
2: And it, well, in their case, they really, that's a very limited case. They don't actually have any ownership of the team. They have sort of fan shares, which give them perks for discounts and things, yes. But I don't know how much liquidity on the block, uh, that, definitely not blockchain, but like, can I sell my ownership to you? I don't know how that works. It's not like a PSL in stadiums where I could pass down the ownership of my seating license to get season yeah. tickets to my yeah. son. Yeah. But that's, you're beginning to see some of the behaviors. And there's two ways in here there are existing behaviors with new incentives and new behaviors with existing incentives. And that's where Web 2.5 into Web 3, into whatever Jack, formerly of Twitter, now of Blue Sky or whatever it's called is. <laughs> that's where decentralization and Web 5 and Web 7 and Web 25 become really interesting. But we jumped into Web 3 and saw some really cool, but scammy or disappointing or frustrating experiences for the brand, the Web 2.5 experience is there. The tech is ahead of the strategy. So that's why the education and the freedom from distraction and experimentation now you can test and learn or you can learn and test, but you got to get going. Because if you wait, others are going to be seeding tokens in the community. Platforms that you already use will be creating token-gated experiences, right? Like everyone can see your content on Instagram now. But what if now there's a token-gated, token-enabled tier? It's kind of like a paywall, but maybe you're not paying to get in. Maybe you're earning your way and or participating to get in. That's where we're headed.
1: That's cool. I, okay, so I I started this with some other guests and just especially people I have good rapport with and kind of get the deal is uh, I do underrated, overrated. And I think Gary V does some form of this. So we're just ripping it off basically. But there's so much fun we can have in, in this space. So I want, I want to rapid fire with you a little bit for the end of the show. Complete like build. I'm going to go underrated, overrated. Building or sponsoring some sort of asset inside like the metaverse. Like, I forget who, but you've seen a bunch of different brands have like within roadblocks, they like have their store that's there and shit like that. Underrated, overrated.
2: I think right now that's overrated because in most cases, the target consumer for that brand is not there, or the people who are there are not likely to be target consumers. So that is a little bit of flex. I just don't think. It's an interesting strategy, but it's overrated because I don't think the value is commensurate with the cost. So is that the definition of overvalued? Yeah,
1: I, 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 yeah whatever the hell we want to be. Meta and where they're going and Facebook is now meta. Or I heard Zuckerberg, heard his whole thing on Rogan or whatever. I wanted to hear what he was thinking and what the future is. Do you, do you think that as a platform and where they're going in the metaverse is overrated, underrated? So I
2: guess it's kind of related, but... I think it's hard to say exactly yet because they are, talking more than they are opening. So they're following some steps like, again, token-gated or the ability to mint and and distribute NFTs on their platforms, which I happen to think is overrated because if you over-democratize creative, then you're going to end up right where you started in Web2. And I don't think everyone should be a creator, even though everyone can be a creator. Yeah. So like take that with a grain of salt. However, I do think the fact that they have audiences in very different mindsets and opportunities to try things out is interesting. They do as good a job as anyone of stealing and improving other people's technology, introducing some new things that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't because they are a big uh, they're a big player. Yeah. But if they overcommit and if they overinvest You're going to end up having to make some strategic decisions and layoffs are coming in a lot of these Web2 platforms and media ecosystems because they aren't able or willing to make the strategic prioritization necessary to run efficiently, but run in an innovative direction.
1: I love that. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Okay, cryptocurrency and forget about the brand application, but just in general, crypto.
2: I think crypto is massively underrated, and I'm saying that as someone who has invested early, wrote it up, and is still writing it down, because we are in, in the case of crypto, as a decentralized financial exchange unit, we are in the early stages. Who knows what's gonna happen with governments and with different centralized entities asserting control. I mean, we are on a march in certain countries to, totalitarianism again, and that scares me, and we're not there yet, but crypto is a great way of doing a few things. One, bringing people who don't have access to banks in third world or underserved and underprivileged neighborhoods, communities, towns, and countries into a means of exchange. It is a means of taking some of the trust away from those banks that may or may not be operating in our best interest, but are certainly operating in theirs and helping their shareholders of pad their pockets, but it's also just fun to track some of the innovation that crypto is infusing into this space. Whereas we work more on the creative and brand side, the use cases for creative applications and brilliant applications on the blockchain are being driven as much by crypto builders as they are by marketing brands. And creators and all that I love stuff. it.
1: Okay. You said, you said underrated there. Uh, what about, we'll go augmented reality?
2: I think augmented reality is perfectly rated right now because those who want to get involved are doing so and finding the right type of entertainment. I think that is a very niche. And by niche, I know it's really popular with gaming and certain entertainment. So I don't mean to say it's niche from a an adoption perspective, but I think Certain aspects of our culture will embrace and accelerate this a bit more rapidly. My 11-year-old son, all he's asking for for Christmas is an Oculus Advanced. So (laughs) Meta as a company, well done. I'm not ready for it because I still have vertigo symptoms from when I had COVID way back when. And if I put that thing on, you better hook me up to an IV and wheel me into the emergency room because that's where I'm going to need to be.
1: I like that it's where it should be. And then NFTs, I think I know your answer here, but I'm going to ask anyway. Underrated, overrated NFTs.
2: I think NFTs are both overrated and underrated. So they are overrated as a speculative term, as a cash grab revenue generating opportunity in many cases, but as a technology. And remember, it's really just a product. As a technology It is massively underrated. And I don't think we've even scratched the surface of how it can or will be used for multiple use cases in industries that I don't even touch and you don't even touch. And we're probably years away from even thinking about, right? That's in real estate. It's in art. It's in music. It's in collectibles. It's in certification. It's in bank account ledgers. It's in in in-game assets. It's in clothing and Luxury, like these are where it is, but we're just scratching the surface. Now, I would love to see how club membership and sponsorship, and though and and uh, those types of subscriptions and medical data, like I can't even fathom it, and I'm making myself exhausted by just naming them, <laughs> let alone thinking about how to tap into those.
1: No, I love that. And I I couldn't agree more because just the term NFT thrown out there and the days of doing some sort of, and it's so agency stunty, like, oh, I don't know if you saw, there's a parody video on right now, which I think is hilarious. And these people are all at dinner. I guess we will close with this. These people are all at dinner and there's a guy and, you know, they're like this fancy dinner and everyone's talking about their jobs. And one of the guys like this surgeon who, you know, saved this person's life oh my gosh. And he's talking about how he literally like did brain surgery to save this person's life. And at the dinner table, like, oh my gosh. This is a... And then they turn over to this guy and like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm in advertising. And the guy goes, yeah, yeah we just, can... you know, and the guy goes, the guy goes, yeah, we, we created, we, we created a jar for left-handers so they could open it easier. And, <laughs> and we actually want to, I want a major award. I want to, I want a can lion for the, for this pickle jar. And like, oh, that's really cool. And they're like trying to talk this thing up and it's like, yeah, you know, how many did you sell? It's like, oh, you know, we, we sold, you know, 12. <laughs>
2: but we got no, 12 look, that, billion that, it resonates, man. You, you know my yeah. background. How many how many canned lions did we win for an Oreo dunk in the dark tweet several yeah, years yeah. ago? But my wife, who is a physician and fighting on the front lines of whatever virus is coming out next with our kids, like she doesn't really value this. But for me, I see there are use cases that will drive benefit that go beyond just brain surgery. You know, we all consume and engage and participate in society in our own way. Now, as someone like me, who has always been at that convergence of tech and marketing and creative, we are at the precipice of something new again. And with any trend, with any technology or adoption, there comes a period of figuring shit out. Whether you're testing penicillin to see if it works on drug-resistant strains or you're testing and learning with A-B testing for media. And we're emerging from this really cool phase in blockchain technology where we've moved past some of the initial environmental and scammy yep. questions. We're past the speculative and collectible model. We are moving into months and years to come where highly integrated, ongoing, tokenized activations are going to change the way we live. And as but- brands... And as their partners become more strategic and educated, the creative opportunities are going to be incredible. So I leave with you, agency partner. This is in your court now. So uh, let me know when you got something good. we're We're happy to do, we're happy to help you.
1: No, absolutely. And, I, and that's why I engaged you. And I, I love talking about this because I think every time I talk to you, I walk away with your point, which is we're beyond what I call NBDs, never been done, where people are saying they're doing NFTs, they're doing this, they're doing that to win some award and get a bunch of pressions and, and get press. Um, and now we're moving into this Web 2.5, 3.0, real life utility activations that make sense for your audience in thousands of different ways. And so I I think that's really cool. And I I think to your point as when you said NFTs overvalued in some ways and undervalued in other ways, I I think that's the point that I think you make a lot and it makes sense to me. And as someone who represents a lot of brands and wants to do good for brands and wants them to serve their consumers, that's the fun part. But I think so much of the industry has been about getting in first and doing something that creates some sort of buzz that they're doing. And and I I just think those days are over.
2: It's been done, right? The idea of NFT 1.0 is over. Exactly, Do something that increases your customer loyalty value and actually drives conversion. It's possible.
1: 100%. All right, I, I'm past my time. That wraps up this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. Thanks again, Matt Wurst, CMO, co-founder of Mint for joining us. I think you can see why he's uh, one of the guys in this space, the gals or gals uh, in this space. If you'd like to contact or hear more about Matt, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Uh, you can contact them on Twitter, where his handle is worst, or visit his company website at mint.store just one link in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, head over to rebrandpod.com. We'll have summaries of all our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter, or if you want to talk about the most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be a guest speaker at the Rebrand Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at rebrandpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle on Instagram is Scott Harkey or on Twitter at SharkyAZ. If you haven't subscribed yet and our want daily stream of marketing campaign brilliance in our podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be right back in the feed the next business day. That's it for today. And next time, remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.